<laughs> hey, good girls. Welcome to Between the Sheets, a podcast about books, sex, relationships, and occasionally our messy personal lives. I'm your host, Kels. And I'm your host, Denise. So grab a drink and get in bed, you dirty little sluts. Welcome back. How are you? How are you feeling, Kels? I am feeling actually really good. It's 60 degrees out in January and I used to live in the snow. So this is prime real estate. I went on a walk today with shorts and a t-shirt. It's been great. I, the amount of people I have seen outside my window not wearing full length pants is so concerning. It is also really hot here in New York, which to me is frightening and terrifying because I believe that January should be cold. But you know, it it is what it is. I went outside. I also enjoyed a little bit of the sun. I also had this weird memory come back to mind when I went on a date with someone who was so much older than me. And I don't know, have you ever gone to a restaurant that was so fancy where someone asked you how you take your fish? Yeah, I have. And I don't... No, it, it just, yes. <laughs> I have never had that experience. That was the only time. And I just sat there like blank faced. How did you take your fish? I like, I take my meat. Rare. <laughs> I thought you were going to say raw. <laughs> no, when I was growing up, my grandpa would take me on these Valentine's Day dates. So every year we would go on a Valentine's Day <laughs> Sorry, date. what? Go back. So mine was also a Grandpa Valentine's Day date, but not what I'm related to. Yeah, exactly. We're both on dates with older men, but mine definitely was not going to end in a weird way. Mine didn't end either. (laughs) Mine ended. Guys, just to give you some... Guys, just to give you some reference, this is like our fourth intro to our time today. We are just in a silly, goofy mood. But what I was going to say is my grandpa used to take me on these dates and he prepped me. Shut the fuck up. Stop calling them dates. No, it was so cute. I'll In our Valentine's Day episode, I'll give you the rundown, but it's actually super cute. He set my standards really high. But one of the things he did was teach me how to, you know, be a proper lady. I'm putting air quotes around this because, you know, Mormon grandpas, they're very strict, whatever. And so we would go to all these fancy restaurants when I was young and he would like have me order and try all these different things. So I'm definitely not like a picky eater, but he did take me to one where they asked me how I would like my fish. But... It was like fried, grilled, not how you're <laughs> oh, thinking no. of it. no, mine was like a steak. So I ordered salmon and they asked me like what degree of like the internal temperature I want my salmon to be. That's And I just picked rare. It was really good. I mean, it was just like seared sushi basically, but I don't know why that came to mind today is the, the sunny, silly, goofy moods. Speaking of sunny, silly, goofy moods, tell me what is the perfect formula for a romance movie for you? The perfect formula for a romance movie is I need to be laughing the entire time. Oh, okay. So I'm definitely a rom-com. I hate sad romance movies. And if it starts turning sad, I'll turn it off. Huh, okay. Would you continue a movie if there was a third act breakup that was dramatic, even though it's a rom-com? Yeah, just because a lot of movies have third act breakups. I feel like yeah. every movie has All a third act breakup. Yeah. Because what else are you going to do? I think we ran into that when writing our books is if you don't have a third act breakup, what do you have? Like, what's the big kind of realization? And it has to be like the realization that they want to be with each other. Right. Yeah, I also think it's extremely unrealistic to write a relationship where there isn't a point of a consideration of a breakup, yeah. despite 
disliking to read it in the past because they would always be so over dramatic and all of a sudden like the the faults have been forgiven mm-hmm. but i feel like once we got into the writing of it i realized that every couple needs a degree of separation before they realize they have to be together like that's what i felt in my relationship and i i'm sure everyone has gone through a period of huh should we be together and then deciding yes is way more rewarding i've never met someone who hasn't at least at one time considered not being with their current partner that's it's, like normal I, I it's also healthy it's kind of like part of the trial and tribulations of an adult relationship because how do you know that you have a good thing until it's gone? That is very true. Okay, so you like to laugh. Do you have any romance rom-com movies that you've seen recently that have made you laugh a lot? Think Like a Man with Kevin okay. Hart. I had watched this movie a few years ago, and I just watched it a couple days ago with my mother-in-law, which also watching romance movies with your mother-in-law <laughs> is very interesting, especially when she's religious, because when they start making out and you're just sitting there watching two people make out or have sex and your mother-in-law is like an arm's distance away, I don't know, it's really awkward. I never watched romance movies growing up with my parents. But we watch scary movies, so, you know, murder yeah. is better than... Murder's no problem. A little kiss is uncomfortable. Yeah, but Think Like a Man is fucking hilarious. And I love that now that I'm older, I'm re-watching some of these early 2000s rom-coms or early just 2000s rom-coms. I don't know. And I understand them a lot more now that I'm older because I would laugh when I was younger, but I didn't really understand the dynamics of the relationship and why it was funny. And I love the fact that now that I'm older, I really understand the movies. But yeah. what about you? What what are you what's your favorite combination? I know your favorite movie, but what is your favorite combination of I was actually thinking about this just recently when I was going through the movies that I've added to my favorites list in 2022. And I only had one movie on my favorites list the, my entire life. And it's about time, a romance movie, we'll talk about it a little deeper in a second. But <clears throat> I added two new movies to my all-time favorite movies list this year which is really bold and big and I'm very undecisive and really only love one thing at a time (laughs) but both of those movies have elements that About Time does as well and they're kind of existential and I didn't realize this but I think I love a movie that'll make me laugh which all three have done and one of them is not a romance but it has a romantic element as I feel like all life does I feel like there is really so few movies where there isn't a romantic subplot because that's part of the human experience and very much worth capturing <clears throat> but I like movies that make me think and reflect on my own life a lot of times that leaves me in the shitter because I'll start to compare my life to a movie and then get really depressed and think why is it my life like this? But all three of these have kind of made me more grateful and appreciative of the life that I have, and that's nice. Like, I want to leave my movie experience feeling more than I did going into it. I love that. That is such a sweet answer. I'm over here like, it better make me laugh, and then yours is, I I need it to make me think about my life. (laughs) Which, inherently, when you're consuming media, you have to self-reflect on why you're feeling a certain way. So I love that. I love that that's what you do with every movie, which also just fits your personality. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like too deep for my own good. (laughs) Like I watch so many of the movies we have on our list, which is a lot of great, entertaining, funny movies, but 
just as you were saying about reflecting back on 2010 and 2000s rom-coms, the amount of things I used to just gloss past in those movies that we'll dive into in a little bit, but have you seen any movie apart from Think Like a Man that you really enjoyed over the past couple of months? The Valet was probably my favorite movie this year, and okay. I, don't, I don't even think that I put that on our list. You didn't, but what do you like about that movie? Because when we were doing our wrap-up, I was curious to see it there. Now I sound like a fucking hypocrite because I just said it that... Is, it is a deep movie. And I just said that I don't like movies that make me cry. That's the first movie that made me cry in over 10 years. The last time I oh, cried wow. in a movie was Marley and Me. About the oh, wow. Really? Dog. Okay. See, this is how we're different. I need to cry every movie and i usually do cry every single movie i watch like there will be something that'll hit my heartstrings and will make me cry that's so sweet though (laughs) i love how much you feel emotion though you feeling emotion makes me feel like i can absorb some of the emotion and become more (laughs) of an emotional (laughs) yeah i mean you did watch that movie in the heat of our friendship and you cried so i'm not gonna take credit but my ego will. <laughs> to be fair. What did you like about that movie? Okay. First of all, is it considered a romance? Because there's not a happily ever after between two people. They don't end yes. up together. I would say because the romance is sort of part of the plot. I would consider it a romance. Yeah, it's fake dating. So if you guys haven't seen The Valet, it's fake dating between a celebrity and a valet in LA. And I don't know, the whole movie is just really funny. The whole family dynamic really reminds me of my husband's family. And so seeing how lonely she was, the main character, and then going to this big family, it really hit home with me because that's how I felt the first time I went over to my husband's family's house. And so I guess I love movies that remind me of a time in my life and remind how far I've grown or things, toxic habits that I've left behind. And that movie just had all the cute moments, funny moments, good best friends. I don't know. And who doesn't like a celebrity romance? Yeah, I didn't expect that to be a fake dating romance after you recommended it to me. My partner really loved that movie. I liked it, but it wasn't like hard hitting for me. I cried as that. So I have a movie tracker in my notion. And in my movie tracker, I have a box that I tick if I cried. <laughs> you fucking would. <laughs> and like most of them are ticked because I don't know. I feel like you have to be very good at storytelling to make someone feel something. I agree. Let's go back a little bit. What was the first romance movie that you saw or that got you hooked on to romance? Because did your parents watch romance for My mom didn't watch romance we watched like a lot of action and adventure together actually she like likes that stuff and I do too now um and did then as well but I can't actually remember I would say this is a weird one I would say friends and sex in the city reruns Mm. playing in Russian in my childhood home were probably my first foray into romance that is so funny because sex in the city just the name inherently i heard it when i was probably 10 for the first time and i thought it was porn you know because sex in the city and my parents never watched any romance at home we watched true crime 
That was literally okay. true crime and scary movies was all that I watched. But I met this girl and she was older than me. I was a freshman. She was a senior. And she gave me the notebook, the Nicholas Sparks movie, oh. the book. And she said, hey, you should read this book and then we'll watch the movie together. And that was my first romance book that I ever read. And it was so cute. I don't know. And then... That's so cute. That's such a cute memory that you have. Right. I'm like jealous of your first foray into romance memory. We worked on the farm together. So we were, you know, washing pigs, talking about Nicholas Sparks. And at 14, it just felt really funny that now, you know, 20 years later, here I am with a romance author. (laughs) That's so cute. I love that so much. That like made my day now. (laughs) But Nicholas Sparks is a lot of people's first foray into Yeah, so I was actually, I resisted the notebook for the longest time. I don't know why. It was just not one of those movies that I was excited for. And I think just because I could be wrong here and spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, but like it starts with them dying-ish. Yeah. And I just don't fuck with death. And so I think just knowing that they were dead, even though this is their love story, kind of just didn't jibe for me. (laughs) I know that. It it is such a sad movie, too, because she... I haven't watched it in years, but I think she has Alzheimer's, and he's trying to remind her of when they fell in love. And that's so beautiful that someone... Because I've had two grandparents that have had Alzheimer's and dementia, it really just is so sweet that he has so much patience. He shows up every day, and it just... It's weird that it's written by a man because, I don't know, it is very sweet. I didn't know men have those emotions. <laughs> didn't we get some juicy juice when we were visiting you that Nicholas Sparks is an asshole? Yeah, and he actually wrote or lived somewhere near here That's in North so Carolina. Weird. weird. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know he that The Notebook was created by a man either, but I will say Rachel McAdams is the quintessential romance lead for me. I love her so much she's also the starring lead of my favorite film the things that i would do when i was a teenager to be her thinking that like i would get this grand love story was i would have given a leg i have always loved love like love is probably the first thing i've ever loved (laughs) that's so cute but why why do you think that you gravitated towards love i don't know uh, let's let's open up the therapy notes. I think just the idea and the fantasy world of finding someone, one, who would do things for you. <laughs> and two, it was kind of like the rescue mentality. I thought that if I fell in love, it would rescue me from whatever I was dealing with. And I constantly lived in the state of daydreams all the time that Anytime I watched a romance movie, whether it was something sweet or something funny, I felt like love was the cure-all for all of the issues I had. And that kind of helped me gravitate towards it. It's It's a little sad. Traumatized. (laughs) And now, welcome to (laughs) Therapy with Kelsey and Denise. (laughs) Literally. What are some favorite movies of yours that are in the romance genre and what do you like about them? You recommended one earlier this year before Sunrise with Ethan Hawke. Mm -hmm. That was such a sweet movie for, I was not expecting it. I don't know, you see the covers for movies sometimes and you automatically make judgments that you're not going to like it. But that one, it's just a span of a day and so much happens and they have such a strong connection and the topics that they 
talk about because they think that they're never going to see each other again are just so what I thought how love would be. Yeah, so that's very much of how intense they are with each other is how intense I was on my first date with my existing partner. And so I think because that movie has made it into my top three this year, it's really that like existential ambiguous ending Mm -hmm. that they have. But I remember trying to watch that movie when I was younger and I couldn't, I simply could not, I did not understand it. And I, I think I really had to be older to kind of even begin to grasp the relationship they were having because the feelings and the conversations were so adult, even though they were both in their early 20s. I don't think 16-year-old me could have understood what they were talking about. I resonate with that so much because when you're younger, older people will always say, you'll get this when you're older. And I never believed them. But now that I'm older, romance movies just hit differently. They really do. They really do now. And that's why I think I gravitate towards the ones that are a little like darker and a little bit more emotional even though I've never I'm never a romance drama person I'm always a romance comedy person and even Before Sunrise is a funny movie despite it being very deep as a film but I feel like they have to make me feel something now and I that movie that trilogy the last one not so much but the trilogy really really solidified the experience of falling in love and the intense feelings of falling in love for the first time and how that looks when you've spent so much time apart and together. It's yeah. it's a, it's an excellent film. It's incredible. It's really good. So I really like that one. And then a basic one that I just rewatched is The Holiday with Cameron mm, Diaz. I love Cam. And Kate Winslet, I believe. Yep. That one, I love any movie that kind of has travel in it. So that will be a theme in this because another one of my favorites is Under the Tuscan Sun. Which I haven't seen. I feel like you should see it. It's not a traditional romance where, I don't know, I'll give you the premise. She It's kind of eat, pray, lovey, where okay. she gets a divorce and then she goes on a tour in Italy and she ends up staying in Italy and renovating a house. Okay. It's very, it's her healing from her divorce, which is funny because I've loved that movie since, for 10 years. And oh, wow. I don't. I don't know why I just really gravitated towards that movie, but it's great. And The Holiday, I mean, who wouldn't want to switch house swap and fall in love? Both of you fall in love? That's what happens in romance. (laughs) Also, Jude Law is just a babe. He was. I think he was one of my first crushes. Really? In a romance movie. What about you? What were some of your crushes? From my romance movies? I gotta think on this one. I feel like I had, like, a deep infatuation with the Avengers cast. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth were my go-tos. But looking back on that now, someone actually asked me who my celebrity crush was. And that, those were not the answers that they typically were. I actually don't know anymore. Now, currently. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's based on vibes. I'll be watching a movie and think that someone's really hot in the movie and then I'll look them up and then I get the ick for them even Henry Cavill lately I'm just like I don't know finally (laughs) just men in general are giving me the ick (laughs) yeah yeah so what I've been doing a lot when I'm watching these romance movies is looking at the directors and when I see that a man directed a movie that's intended for the female audience I immediately get the ick for the entire movie 
that's funny that you say that because most romance movies that I've seen are directed by men. Which is so strange to me. By men. And I really don't understand why. And they Why know why? Yeah. Men want to capitalize on women's emotions, so they make romance because they know it's the highest grossing book genre so obviously it's going to be successful in romance or in movies (laughs) all right let's go down a list of films that we watched and just give a brief overview and what we've liked about them so the holiday is great i love the idea of house swapping and i wish that i had seen it more in books i feel like that would be like fun to write and read yeah would it be from four different point of views would it be no just two just two yeah like in the holiday both of the people swapping so it would be Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet? Yeah. And you never see the man's perspective? Yeah. I like who, that because who cares? Who needs it? Right. And they're yeah, not like swapping. who actually cares? Yeah. Because I feel like for Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet's characters, they had to grow. The men didn't grow. The men were just like, hey, you're a babe. I love you. The only thing I couldn't get over is that they cast Jack Black to play Kate Winslet's love interest. And at the time, I had, I hated Jack Black. I don't know why. I think it's just like all the movies that he was in just gave me the ick. Like Nacho Libre for me. They used to play that in school, like in my high school. Like if a teacher was sick, they used to play that. And I don't know. I just got the biggest ick. I didn't think it was funny. All the guys were like, ha, 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 ha. And I, I don't know. Seeing someone play a part and then see them in a romance didn't mesh well. I like Jack Black. He's extremely intelligent. And his mom is like one of these like first female physicists, I believe. That's really impressive. Yeah, they're like a very smart family. Me over here just talking shit. Denise is like, um, excuse me, but Jack Jack Black slander will not be living here. Okay. I get the ick, but also check yourself. (laughs) What did you like about Think Like a Man? Think Like a Man literally just had me dying laughing. So the premise of Think Like a Man is it's based on a real or Steve Harvey. I think it's Steve Harvey that wrote a book that's called Think Like a Man. And these group of women start reading the book and then they start implementing it into their dating life. And so it follows, I think, six different characters. And with all the dynamics, you're laughing the entire time. What advice does the book Think Like a Man give in the movie? So there's a 90-day rule. So you shouldn't sleep with a man until they have learned to commit. And so that one was- As men do. Yeah. (laughs) And that one was interesting because they have the dynamic of the player and the woman who always gets played. And so because it follows all the different couples, they're each playing on different rules. And there's a mama's boy. And it's pretty much like you need to make sure you're the number one woman in his life, which I don't know, it's very toxic. And then they all find out that they're all trying to manipulate each other. And then they're all trying to manipulate over the fact that they're manipulating. And it's just like a spiral of, have you seen it? I uh, probably ages ago. I saw the cover for it and I was like, yeah, I've seen this, but ages ago. Same. So that was the one that I had watched years ago and didn't get. And now I'm like, oh, it's actually great. But yeah, one that we watched recently together, not together, but one that we watched recently this year was Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Yeah. What did you think of that movie? I feel like whoever is working on Netflix scrolled TikTok for two minutes and realized that they should write a movie about a romance author. Yep. I thought it was really interesting. I love anything Sandra Bullock has done and her miscongeniality, despite not being a romance and having some parts of romance in there. I've always loved her character. I love The Proposal a lot. I think that's like a great fake dating movie as well. So good. So good. Like A plus movie. 
a book like that is like Marriage of Inconvenience by Penny Reed. Super, super interesting. I like that movie, but it was just a little bit lackluster because it wasn't quite making fun of itself, but it was. I thought it was entertaining. I used to be obsessed with Channing Tatum. Now I'm not anymore, but that was probably my first crush going back to... Channing Tatum, really? I memorized she looks She's like the a man. muscular thumb oh yeah now i get the egg <laughs> but at the time when she's the man i literally watched she's the man probably 80 times 90 times oh, same wow, with okay. step up you know we you- oh yeah i watched step up recently and that thing is so embarrassing but the dancing i was like wow Me there's too. like so many songs from that that i took out but would you consider both of those romance yeah absolutely okay a, a rich girl poor boy dance academy drama yeah and then she's the man i guess it's a soccer romance yeah absolutely i I don't know why every time i think of she's the man i think of bend it like beckham is which one has amanda Bynes? she's the man oh okay it's when she watch that pretends dresses up like a boy Mm -hmm. the take on shakespeare's what is it called Twelfth Night? The Shrew. Twelfth Night. Oh my god, Tempest of the Shrew. What the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> I don't even know what Wrong that is. movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Twelfth Night, but in modern day soccer. I, I like that one. I Crazy Stupid Love is on our list here as well with Ryan Gosling, who is also the quintessential romance actor, I feel like, mm-hmm. in a lot of movies with Emma Stone. And there is the scene with the underage girls sending nudes to the dad that literally gets my anxiety going so high because he doesn't want them and she's under a wrong impression but something about that first feel of infatuation when you're that age completely removes your brain from your body yeah for i love ryan gosling and emma stone together they have really good chemistry i don't know did you like la la land i haven't watched it oh okay me, I love them together, but I'm not going to watch all their <laughs> movies together, okay? They had great chemistry in that one. I love Steve Carell. That ending of that movie is so good, but I just recently watched it, and it didn't hit like it did 10 years ago. Oh, that sucks. Have any? Have you watched anything recently that hit for you? I know you're going to hate me for this, but When Harry Met Sally actually was pretty good. Okay. My expectations, though, were on the floor. I would say that movie is a little existential, Yeah, it is. They just talk a lot. It really shows the friendship over the years, or, I mean, their enemies. I love the dynamic of knowing each other for so long and how they bounce through time. And honestly, I never knew what that movie was about until I watched it. But it did really feel like, because it was written in 1989, that it was one of the first rom-commy movies that really set that genre on a tumbleweed the entire movie they're basically just talking about how women and men can't be friends Friends. and then they date at the end what do you think do you think men and women can be friends i have only ever had one platonic male friend like truly platonic male friend every other male friend i've had there has been something an ounce of tension something where you could see someone looking at someone for too long and i feel like if the door knocks open it would be walk through. So having had only one platonic friend that's a man, 
I would say no, I don't think women and men can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair point. So I grew up with two brothers and I was used to hanging out with guys. I feel like now that I'm older, it was definitely pick me girl stuff where I was like, oh, I can only be friends with guys type of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But that's what I grew up with. So that's what I was around. But then, yeah, every single time I would think that I would just be friends with this guy, then there was feelings that they had to dish out to me. And that was really annoying because I just wanted to be friends. But I did have a couple good guy friends that didn't end up doing anything. Like there was no unrequited love and we were just more like brother, like brotherly relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those don't... But with my husband, I'm friends with his friends, and I think that is fine. I don't know. I have a very, like, pessimistic take on it, and I do believe that if you were to, like, get drunk with someone one night and be like, have you ever thought about anything, they would say yes. Yeah. And if I think about where my intrusive thoughts go most of the time, like, and these are just intrusive thoughts, nothing that I even think myself, just, like, my brain working on overdrive, having read, like, 800 smut novels in my life like there's always a scenario that may cross someone's mind and I just have a hard time believing that like everyone is 100% platonic that's really the word I want to use is like when you feel absolutely nothing for that person except for friendship where you can't even sit back and be like yeah they're attractive yeah I get that because you know what I mean regardless of how many guy friends I had there was always a thought in my head would I be able to date this person would I want to date this person because I think you you're always just being like how compatible would I be with this with anybody that's what it is and it's like how compatible are we is our is the friendship something meaningful and I don't know it's tough it's like a whole debate to be had but my one platonic guy friend like we sat down and we're like should we date because like it got to a point where all of our friends were dating we were like in and out of like weird relationships and like literally we're just like should should we just date and both of us were like god no like very much so actually i did have one really good guy friend that neither of us ever was like anything's gonna happen and it was funny because i would go over and you know play mario kart with him like every single day after work it's when i was living alone we lived in the same apartment complex and then when he got a girlfriend It was cool because he was like, he was asking for advice about women and I thought that was nice. And then when he got his girlfriend, I immediately was like, I need to become best friends with this girl so she doesn't think that I want to sleep with her. And then I ended up liking her better and (laughs) (laughs) then became friends with her. (laughs) It's, It's a really big struggle and I feel like a lot of women go through this frustration of feeling like men simply cannot befriend them and I I'm 100% on board on that I feel like guys just like will gain any ounce of chemistry with a girl yep. and in a lot of situations not all but in a lot of situations try to pursue something out of it and then like cry friend zone but yeah I don't feel like a lot of women go into platonic different sex relationships thinking let's make this something we can talk about forever I love how Whereas we... I feel like guys get in their heads like, uh, okay, okay, she can tolerate me. What would it feel like to be inside of her? <laughs> Come on. What we is should the... get our men on the podcast. Watch. My boyfriend will confirm this thought process. No, I think it's very, very true. And it's hard because my 
partner is very social and so Mm -hmm. I think towards the beginning of our relationship I was very jealous and I was like no you can't have any female friends because that was my thought process is you want to fuck everybody that you meet so yeah why would you it's nice growing out of that and trusting yeah and I'm not saying everyone's out here trying to fuck everybody like at all I just feel like the word friendship exposes you to vulnerability and deep patterns of thought and I feel like once you like if I was to have a friendship with a a man as at the quality that I have a friendship with you I don't think that relationship would remain platonic and that's why I'm saying I've only had the one because I've only had one really true genuine relationship with a guy that was platonic every other one someone got feelings someone tried to make a move there was a weird glance up someone's fucking body once and then you're just like ah for fuck's sake you're just like okay cool (laughs) because sex is just such a big part of our lives that obviously people are gonna think about it but it's just so weird that sex is so shamed still like people are still feeling shamed about sex or talking about sex when it's literally something everybody does everybody thinks about the intrusive sexual thoughts like that you have on a day-to-day basis is just normal normal it's just human i know it's very strange i feel like sex isn't human it's sex weird stuff okay let's just very quickly rally back to what we were saying earlier and that sexism in early 2000 and 2010 rom-coms and we were saying how they're written by men and directed by men and a lot of them have a male gaze to them what movies have you seen recently that made you think wow okay i can't believe young me watched this good luck chuck with Dane okay. Cook. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. I went through an obsession with Dane Cook. He's not a good dude now. I don't know what I was thinking about. But that movie is pretty much he sleeps with someone and then the next person they sleep with is the their one. So the premise okay. is he fucks a whole bunch of girls because they want to get married. So they come to okay. him to have sex with him to get married. I think the whole premise is just obviously written by a man, right? (laughs) And it has Jessica Alba in it, and she's just like this cute penguin wrangler. I don't know. (laughs) She works at the zoo and takes care of penguins. Now that I'm older and I watch it, I'm like, why did I like this movie? It's so sexist. But then we were just watching How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah, I watched that one too. That one was so sexist and it's making a resurgence back on TikTok and everyone's like really loving it. But oh my God, does that movie have so many undertones? The whole frost yourself, girls. I don't know. It, I hate when men call women girls and that is especially in a professional environment which is what they are in and I think it was it was a really strange concept to have this woman who is extremely successful in her career fake date a man to get ahead I just that was what was wrong for me it's not like she dated him like in the proposal she dates him because she needs a visa totally normal but she doesn't like need the visa to get ahead in her career she just needs the visa to not get kicked out of the country But this was very much a pretty sexist film. He's constantly referring to the women as girls, skirts. The entire thing is Kate Hudson's character being like, I'm going to be the craziest woman ever to drive this guy away. But it's so sad because a lot of these normal reactions that she has are probably just unresolved things for a lot of women that they have to learn through the relationship, not like use as a weapon to get a guy to dump them 
Yeah. Like, it it kind of weaponizes, like, female vulnerability. It really does. Matthew McConaughey was in a ton of early 2000s rom-coms, and I feel like most of them are pretty undertony sexist. Although I still like them. I still will watch Failure to Launch and Fool's Gold and all these movies that he's in. But now that I'm older, I can kind of take a step back and be like, "Mm, I don't like that. A lot of the newer movies aren't doing that right now. What about you? What was the most sexist movie that you've watched recently? And this isn't a romance, so, you know, let's just consider that it is because it does have romantic subplot. But Wedding Crashers? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. The entire premise of Wedding Crashers is going to weddings to pick up women who are drunk and desperate for sex because Mm -hmm. they are heartbroken and lonely because someone is getting married that's not them. And then they hook up with these women. And that to me just is so ick. It's just to even get into the mentality to write characters that represent women and i think there's a lot of like top off nudity in that movie and it's just very much like a boy's boy film because it's just like titties and desperate women and look it's so easy to get one just go to a wedding and tell them and get her drunk enough and it's just like the undertones for that was just not doing it for me it was weird that another really weird one was shallow how which i haven't seen that one so Jack Black is very focused on looks and then he's in an elevator, I think, and he runs into this woman who puts a hex on him that he is, he's going to see people's inner beauty outwardly. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow is supposed to be this really overweight woman and he ends up falling in love with her, but he can only see Gwyneth Paltrow as like the skinny blonde person. And so mm-hmm. his character growth is supposed to get over looks but then i'm sorry he's jack black jack black's the lead yeah okay you have to watch this it's a very interesting movie i'm not saying anything about jack black but that's just so he doesn't learn anything about himself he just learns to like different women he ends up dating a woman based on her look it's very fucked up because it's essentially yeah no you can't even say it because it sounds fucked up like you didn't write it it's it's messed up that it was like even framed that way yeah it's pretty much pointing out all the characteristics that are ugly quotation marks in women and then well there was also a lot and this is what i was noticing a lot of there was a lot of fatophobia and homophobia in a lot of these rom-coms yes and it's just so uncomfortable because they're showing actresses that the movie at the time is deeming unattractive Mm -hmm. those actresses are like average sized women They're they're not even, they're calling them all of these, like, horrible, evil names. Also, like, doesn't fucking matter what weight you are or what you look like. Everyone deserves love, and it's stupid that these films don't teach you that. Instead, they teach you they have to be a skinny, leggy blonde, and that's why, like, characters like Gwyneth Paltrow and even Emma Stone, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, like, all of these, Jude Law, excuse me. (laughs) A wrong wrong slip there. (laughs) He's a leggy blonde. blonde. But it's true because all of these women are absolutely out of this world and they all find love. Yeah. And I think that's and, what... And they're being compared to someone who isn't in 2010 and 2000s by the directors deemed attractive. It's so fucked up. Well, on that positive note, I think we can wrap <laughs> up the episode. I think it's a great learning lesson for when we're writing our own books to kind of really stray away from having our female characters ever compare 
themselves to other women because it really, really doesn't matter what you look like when it comes to your own relationship. As long as the person who loves you respects you, it, it really shouldn't matter what your outside looks like. And it's kind of like when we're writing so many of our love interests, we never want to have any of the men think down on any of the women around them because it's not about looks at all. It's only on the person that they're focused on. And it's kind of like interesting to watch these and then realize how much of the ingrained patriarchy is in our brain and how much we have to work against it all the time. Yes. I'm on my feminist streak, right? <laughs> Denise can talk today and I'm just over here in her presence. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Speaking of books, don't forget to check out Water Under the Bridge on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited right now. Go ahead and head over to our Instagram, Katie Between the Sheets, to let us know your favorite romance movie or rom-com or just any kind of movie that you love that tickles your fancy and maybe we'll talk about it soon. Don't forget to at us on Twitter at Katie in the Sheets and we cannot wait to see you again next week. Woo! Woo! Bye!